Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Three CR eight five five AM digital three CR dot org dot AU. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Out of the Pan broadcasting from the lands of the original inhabitants and paying respects to elders past and present, and also acknowledging our LGBTI elders, including sister girls and brother boys. We opened up today with Dragon from the um, Bondi Road album of 1990 and A Family Man, which, well, um, even though I didn't, I'd be honest and say I didn't plan it that way, we'll dedicate that to Father's Day and also to the fact that at around quarter past 12 I'll be catching up with um, the um, producer of Gaby Baby um, and I'm having a chat with um, her about, well, gee, I think it's been in the news lately. Funny about that. Um, but... Um, yeah, lots of ways you can get in touch with the show. You can look for me on Facebook um, and um, you can also um, look for Out of the Pan's Facebook page on in the same so form of social media, Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. You can text in 61401 078 981. And you can email out of the pan eight five five at gmail dot com. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. Also, I want to just open um, today's show with a thank you to friends and supporters um, over the last few days. Um, as someone who experiences cyclothymia, which in simple terms is a smaller version of bipolar, unfortunately had a down in the last few days, and I also want to say that that was why I was unable to um, talk at Slut Walk yesterday, which I'm still. Very sad and disappointed and frustrated about, to be honest. But want to thank those people who supported me. And um, we think we need to talk about mental health. We still need to talk about it more. Um, and at 12.30, um, catching up with Linda Kirkman, talking about the Sex Over 50s event with Joan Price tomorrow night. So a packed program and all sorts of pansexual music, um, including a track from the new album by Jazz, Melbourne Jazz, um, um, songstress, the Kimber Griffith and her septet. But families, by gosh, um, in the news that today as I reach for my copy of the Sunday Age just to get us underway, um, it's page one, Stoush looms on gay adoption with, of course, the um, 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 the talk about finally making Victoria's adoption laws equal. But, um, of course, the... Um, Right-wing extremists from the Australian Christian Lobby want religious exemptions to ensure faith-based groups can refuse to place a child in the care of a gay couple. Sod off, quite frankly. Um, oh, I said on, the, on, the, on Facebook this morning, Sodom, and someone said, no, I think I can find someone better. But um, anyway, um, 
Um, it's about getting rid of discrimination. And it's interesting, there was an article in the week as well on discrimination at religious schools. And about a day after it was published, I heard from, um, I'm going to play very safe here, a um, school in a, pri- a Catholic primary in central Victoria who's quite comfortably um, working with a young person to affirm that person's true gender identity, which differs from expectations given the young person's body at birth. And you just think, why do we need these religious exemptions? They're just entrenching um, anti-LGBTI, and oh, sorry, anti-LGBT and sometimes I prejudice as well, along with many others, single mothers, etc. Um, if we're talking families, let's all have equality of families. And no, Supreme Court of the US, I won't be lonely because I'm not in a marriage. So let's value everyone. Let's be inclusive in all forms of diversity. But it's worth noting this um, um, article that starts on page one, then goes on to page two. We've got an article on page seven <clears throat> about um, how um, a whole group of organisations, um, union, um, trans, um, transgender Victoria um, gets a mention in here, um, declaring an interest, of course, and Human Rights Law Centre and amongst many, many others have coordinated um, to beef up our, our um, pro-equality um, powers in this state. Lots of things that could be done in terms of just this particular act, um, updating the gender identity definition to the federal one for consistency, uh, making sure we get intersex in at the state level, um, possibly other things intersex people would want, by, like adding um, sex characteristics and stopping surgeries at birth in some form of law, um, all those sorts of things, and um, also religious and sport exemptions, to name a few. Um, great combination of working together. Um, interesting that some trans people around the country say we don't work together. Well, some of us are, and some of us are working with lots of allies and also working worldwide. Um so good to see that. And then finally, in the Sunday age, um, gosh, it could be MCV, um, going to about page 22 and 3. Um, as I look here um, in the extra section of all the news, um, sorry, it's actually 21, 20 and 21, light at the end of the tunnel for adoption rights fighters, a two-page spread, including pics on um, adoption. So um, a huge, um, you know, um, you know, um, coverage by the age. Farah Thomason, well done. Um, got to give it to Farah Thomason, Jill Stark and others at the age who are very, very supportive. <coughs> oh dear, a tickle at the wrong time. Why does it happen live to air? I told you to go do it off air. Anyway, because we've got such a packed program today, I'm just going to run through the upcoming events um, now before I, in case I don't get a chance later. Um, and today... Um, the Melbourne Aces are at um, Sanchuro in QV um, at 2pm. Um, um, next um, Tuesday is TG Meetup at DT's. Yes, it sneaks in early the 8th, the second um, um, Tuesday of the month. Polyvic have found a meeting place for this month, um, emphasis, um, for the discussion group. Um, obviously, still trying to find a replacement for um, the loss of a venue in Brunswick Street and it's the this month it's the Kathleen Syme Library and Community Centre at 251 Faraday, Faraday Street around the corner from Ligon Street cafes and restaurants um, so a chance to get something to eat um, for um, a 7.30 sharp start um, um, 
So there you go. Um, Polly Vick, um, the Trans Anxiety Discussion, Trans Anxiety and Depression Discussion and Support Group. I think perhaps I better go this month. Um, on the 9th at um, 6 pm in Carlton, Bent TV on Friday night, and Seahorse um, in inner eastern Melbourne. And it's the AGM this month. So um, if you want to stand and keep a long running um, group even longer running, go for it. And Chains is on as well as we move towards Oz Kinkfest and many other things that are happening throughout, well, it really is September, as Hairs and Hyenas are calling it. Um, and of course, we'll be chatting with Linda Kirkman about one of the events at 12.30 in relation to that. So lots of stuff coming up um, this week and more. All right, um, let's um, have some more family-oriented music. And this is one of those songs that you could really do Without, without regard to gender, but of course it's done by someone who um, has so much respect for so many people and could be um, really any gender, talking about any gender. One of my favourite Paul Kelly tracks, and that's saying something because there's so many, originally appeared on the Hidden Things album of 1992. I'm in a 90s mode today. Here's When I First Met Your Ma and we'll get the gaby baby people on the line. 3CR, 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au, out of the pan with Sally. The New International Bookshop, Melbourne's famous left-wing bookshop. We stock the widest range of left-wing literature and merchandise, as well as heaps of cheap quality second-hand books. Visit Nibs at Trades Hall, 54 Victoria Street, Carlton, or online at www.newinternationalbookshop.org.au. Coming up at Trades Hall, on Thursday, September 10 at 6.45pm, Tim Musio, Senior Lecturer in International Relations and Political Economy at the University of Wollongong, will give a talk about his new book, The 1% and the Rest of Us. And on Tuesday, October 22nd from 7pm, left historian Stuart McIntyre will talk about his new book, Australia's Boldest Experiment, War and Reconstruction in the 1940s. The New International Bookshop is a 3CR supporter. Hi, it's Paul Kelly here. Hi, this is Shane Howard here, asking you to support 3CR. Independent radio station, encouraging independent music and independent thought. They've been supporting musicians for more than 30 years, so let's support them. Sounds like a good thing to me. 3CR 855 AM digital, 3cr.org.au. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex, gender, or parenting, we could say, or parenting approach in relation to gender or sexual orientation and numbers of parents. Um, so, yeah, just heard from Paul Kelly from the album um, Hidden Things, When I First Met Your Ma, and really that could be a person of any gender talking about talking to their kid about when they first met their female partner, which seems like a very um, neatly planned segue, and it is, to talk to the director of Gaby Baby, Maya Newell, who is on the line live from an airport lounge somewhere in this country. Maya, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Happy to be here. Good to have you with us. Um, you've had a slightly busy couple of weeks, I think. Yes. Oh, it was, yeah, last week was so hectic. I think, you know, I went from Wednesday morning learning to do how to do a press conference, which I'd never done before, <laughs> um, to just sort of managing, you know, all of the 
you know, horrific press, let's say, about our film. Yeah, look, it was very, very sad. And I mean, we, well, we've cut right to the chase here. I mean, we may as well dive into this part um, about what happened up in New South Wales first. I'm, I'm still absolutely staggered that a minister can interfere in the operation of a school, and I'm not sure if Burwood High was religious or government, um, and just you know, cut cut into their operations. And if they were a government school, then ironically you've got a minister who's anti-law and order because they're being, disobeying their own anti-discrimination laws. I mean, I know, look, with with hindsight now, of where we're where we're of about ten days, I might ask you to sort of well talk about your thoughts and feelings at the time, but also where you think about what you think about that now, now that a du- bit of dust has settled. Yeah, sure. So. I mean, you know, for, for listeners who maybe are not aware of exactly what happened, we had um, a screening of our film, Gaby Baby. We planned to screen in maybe 30 or 40 schools all around the country for We're at Purple Day, which is an incredible mm-hmm. youth-led initiative, which is to tackle homophobia in our school system. Um, and on that Wednesday, I was planning to go and attend the screening at my old high school, which is you know a public girls' school um, at Burwood Girls, to, and I woke up that morning to, you know, the front cover of the paper of the Telegraph with images from the children in our film taken out of context with the slogan "gay class uproar," um, and so it was pretty horrendous, really. Because, and I think on the actual morning we were horrified that, you know, uh, you know, for Gus and for Ebony, who are kids in this film, who are eleven and twelve years old, they had to go to school that day. Um, mm which was, you know, really horrifying. And we've had so many emails from parents um, since saying that, you know, potentially their whole children's whole schooling, they haven't had a problem. And on that day, we had kids coming home from school crying or, you know, all sorts of bullying happening in in the playground. So I think initially we were kind of just dealing with, um, with, with that and making sure all the kids were, you know, safe and happy to go to school. And I think now that we, as you mentioned, have a little bit of hindsight, I think that, you know, the most, you know, someone said to me, you know, things have to get ugly for change to happen. Mm. And I'm not sure, you know, it's sort of a double-edged sword still, but, you know, I really hope that there is a positive ripple effect from all this. Yeah, look, totally agree. I mean, um, Picasso once said every act of creation is first of act, an act of destruction so I suppose we have to destroy queer phobia to get progress but I agree with you it's you're totally on a, a double-edged sword and um, it just seems absolutely ludicrous um, that we've got to go through that it just um, particularly that sort of thing and I mean there's been art you know in so-called in-depth articles in um, you know, about why did it happen? Was it something political rather than really homophobia? Not that I really care, of course, but the fact yeah. that homophobia can still be used in a sense as a political tactic, if if that is the case, says mm. something about um, where we are and That's right. really not on. So, I mean, I think one of the arguments came up that, you know, he hadn't banned it, he'd just banned it from being screened in school hours. But you know, I think for kids and the many children growing up in queer families today, um, you know, we don't take off our family when we walk in the school gates. Um, of course not. And to be told that it's not appropriate for school hours is, you know, is quite shocking. Um, also, coincidentally, we actually are developing um, curriculum resource links, um, you know, like a toolkit for PDHPE for years 5 to 10 at the moment. Um, and, you know, the writer who's working on that, of wrote the national curriculum for PDHP, worked on that, and 
there's so many wonderful links because our film is all about diversity and inclusion, which is a huge part of the national curriculum. Um, and, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of just funny. Kind of weird. Um, so, yeah... <clears throat> So just um, in case people haven't heard, um, just to give a, a, you know, a quick synopsis um, of what Gaby Baby is about. Some, some people may not have um, heard about mm. it. Yeah, we'd probably better do that um, just yeah. to, for, for those who haven't. Um, what, sure. what, what is the film leaving aside? They will say the reaction so to it. The film, um, which has actually opened in cinemas this week around the country, is about kids, four children, Matt, Ebony, Gus and Graham, who are 11 years old and sort of traversing the oncoming puberty, I suppose, as the rest of the world around them is debating marriage equality and whether these children are at risk, essentially, because of their parents' sexuality. Mm. Um, but essentially, it's a film that's about growing up. Um, you know, it sort of touches on issues around, um, you know, discovering what it is to be a man um, or a woman through Gus's story and his um, exploration of masculinity. Um, it's a film, I suppose, that's about um, our community and kids, like in growing up in gay families, how you traverse sort of faith and, and God growing up in our families, um, about religion, I mean, sorry, about discrimination. Um, and then one of the characters is actually one of the first kids to be adopted under New South Wales laws that allowed same-sex adoption. I think in Victoria it's still actually illegal for same-sex couples to adopt. Um and sort of about his quest to learn to read after um, his first family, you know, he was having trouble in his first family. So, yeah, I mean, probably the sexuality of these children's parents in some ways is the least of their worries and, um, you know, people, audiences will find that out if they decide to come to the cinema this week. Yeah. So we're, um, in terms of cinemas, is it a case of check your newspaper or something to find out where it's on or...? I mean, if you're in Melbourne, of which I'm sure you are, um, it's at Cinema Nova, in um, playing exclusively for the next couple of weeks. Um, it's on, you know, 10 million times a day, which is terrifying to us. But, you know, we really, it, may, it would mean a lot if people would you know, not listen to the assumptions of others about this film and actually come and make their mind up for themselves. Yeah, well, um, I can tell you what I'm not listening. I personally am not listening to the assumptions of the New South Wales Education Minister or whoever it was. Um, couldn't give a toss about them. Um, <laughs> I will try. We'll try to get there, but um, in a way, I'll I'll just assume that it's a very positive film, saying that um, diverse parents and diverse families exist, and it's how much love and attention and all that sort of thing and emotional intelligence you give to your kid, not whether there's one, two, or more yeah. of you, and what the genders are and what the sexual orientation is. Yeah. I mean, and the, the general sort of feeling of the film is that. But at the same time, um, you know, it's also a film that's incredibly entertaining and funny. Um, and I think that sometimes with documentary, we, we get placed in the context of, you know, the politics in which um, the stories were derived. But in actual fact, we forget that documentaries can be so, like, incredibly moving and um, emotional and entertaining. And um, I hope people will give this film a chance and, and sort of not get pulled into the controversy because really um, it's actually a film in its own cinematic right um, and it's been getting some really wonderful reviews this week which we're thrilled about. Um, so yeah, I mean, and at the same time I think of course the film is about our families, you know, being just as, you know, normal or as imperfect as other families but 
at the same time, um, it's also a film about how, yeah, how imperfect our families are, just like anyone else's. And I think sometimes children in gay families have to put on, um, you know, mm. a smiling face and, and say that things are great all the time. But we really thought that it was unhelpful to portray the message of, of perfection um, in this sort of poster child syndrome. So, you know, it's a film that goes there. It's what's and all. Uh, I think if we could all unite on the fact that, you know, what family is perfect, um, that is a kind of much, you know, more useful message. Yep. All right. Well, look, I, I agree, and I think that sometimes we don't talk, you know, we put on this perfect image because we've been told by anti-GLBTI people, well, if you're not perfect, we won't give you your rights, to which I say they can take That's a long right. walk off a short pier. All right, look, um, I'd better let you um, catch the flight and not be drowned out by flight announcements, um, but thank you for your time in a busy, busy time for you. All I can say is every huge success with the film and do more queer stuff if you're interested. Um, we'd yeah, love to have you do that. Thank you so much for all your work as well, Sally. No worries. Take, no worries. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye. Maya Newell, um, director of Gaby Baby, live from an airport in Sydney somewhere or in Australia or could be anywhere in the world. That's live radio for you. You've got live radio because Linda Kirkman is at the door. Um, well, in the meantime, have an, an appropriate track about relationships and moving into ageing as well. Here's LRB, the only um, queer, queer, um, queer lefty who would play it. 3CR, 855 AM. A digital 3cr.org.au and on demand out of the pan with Sally. 3CR, 855am, digital3cr.org.au and on demand. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan, a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. And, well, I'll have to say almost um, no genre today. Um, we did just hear from Little River Band um, and Reminiscing, which seems like a um, likely lead into a chat with Linda Kirkman in a second. But we it's one genre that I promised and now find that I can't play because um, I've burnt it onto a CD-ROM that's not compatible with our CD players. Oops, sorry to Kimber Griffith there. We'll fix, I'll try to fix that in due course for next week. Delayed gratification. Anyway, all right. Um, sex and ageing is a topic that sometimes doesn't get discussed and I think that and often gets, or if it does, it's often in very stereotypical ways and sex negative ways. Someone who tries to do something about that and is doing so tomorrow night at Hez and Hyenas as part of Sextember is with me in the studio now. Linda Kirkman um, is joins me in the 3CR studios. Welcome. Well, I can say welcome back to 3CR. <laughs> Thank you, Sally. It's great to be here. Yes, you've been um, on 3CR before with the fabulous Amy Middleton of Women on the Line, hashtag Moodleton on Twitter. I mm. love saying that, Moodleton. Mm -hmm. But um, today we're here to talk about an event that is happening Tomorrow night and things associated with it, Sex Over 50, Joan Price and Linda Kirkman. Um, perhaps we'll start. Who's Joan Price? Just in case so, say someone hasn't heard, who's Joan Price? Joan Price is an American sex educator. She's in her 70s and she's become really well known as a sex educator and a sex positive sexuality and ageing advocate. She likes to think be described as a, or she describes herself as a wrinkly sex kitten. <laughs> <laughs> She's really good fun and very feisty and um, is, out to dis is out there to dispel the myths about sexuality and ageing and to promote um, 
particularly ways to enjoy a sexual relationship with, with, with either yourself or another person, taking into consideration the, 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 um, the way one's bodies can change when you're ageing and that maybe don't work the way they used to, but also the way relationships change too. Mm. Gosh, a, a lot in a lot to think about in in that. Um, um, <clears throat> let, let's give an, let's I'll then say okay, what's one? You know, it might seem obvious, but what's one way that our our bodies change? And I'll say according to bodily anatomy rather than gender, uh, of course. Mm. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, what's one way that they could change, and what would be the implications of it? One of the things that Joan does and writes blogs about is yeah. reviewing sex toys for older people. So uh-huh. she takes into consideration eyesight. You know, are the instructions big enough to read without you having to get your glasses on? Um, what about arthritic hands and manipulating the controls of the sex toys, for example? And that sort of thing. What if, what if you're used to engaging with another person and maybe you've got your hips that don't work the way they used to or you've got some kind of chronic pain? How might you organise your sexual activity considering, um, considering the timing of your pain relief medication, for example, and just, just practical strategies for planning sexual activity? Wow. I mean, they're all sort of, once we start talking about them, it's like in a, you know, if you've got a um, reasonably <laughs> caffeinated brain, you know, the ideas start ticking once you get an idea. So all the things that could come mm. up, um, you know, in terms of, Physical ageing, I suppose I'll throw this as, um, in. As someone who does ageing and aged care training for LGBTI, we talk a bit about Alzheimer's and dementia and those sorts of things. I'm going to, you know, um, I'll disguise this um, self in, self-interested curiosity question as one that will be of great interest to our listeners. What would be the effects <laughs> for that? Oh, that's a huge one. And that's not... Um because with with Alzheimer's and dementia, you have the issue of of um, consent is a real uh-huh. uh, factor in if somebody seems interested in having a sexual um, encounter with another person, are they? If 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 how how can you determine that consent has in fact um, taken place? Particularly if you're in a in an institutional setting where there might be lots of other people and opportunities that are different from the regular opportunities you'd have outside of that op- that institution. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yes. The institutional stuff. Um. You know. We're still. We've only got a few swallows making a summer when it comes to sex positivity <laughs> and aging and aged care. We still seem to have a lot of feedback about how sex isn't discussed for for many many reasons. Joan's coming to us. Joan arrived this morning. She's in Australia to speak at the Let's Talk About Sex conference, which yes. is which is this week and run by Alzheimer's Australia and the Council on Aging Australia. Indeed. And um. My, the presentation I'm giving at that conference ah. is was talking. Well, in, I'm actually talking about sexuality across the lifespan and how that's changed and the implications for healthcare planning. So for for me, that's that that thinking about sexuality and all and, and aging is a is a huge factor in what I'm hoping to maybe increase the number of swallows out there. Yep, um, get a few more rays of summer coming on <laughs> yes. as we. Yes, this is the first out of the pan in the southern hemisphere spring too, but um, for this year. Um, yeah, you, you touch on a lot of things. I mean, it's you know, it's about everyone in general, but it's also about workers, I suppose, who do intake. Um, you know, with um, my experiences, I've come across workers who who they themselves are too embarrassed to ask, by and large. Mm-hmm. When apparently, I, I believe this is on intake forms and also other forms used in, we'll say, community services. 
That's a huge thing because just if something's not even acknowledged on the form, then it's not mentioned. Mm. And if it is on the form, then the intake worker needs to be have the right skills and comfort level yep. to to be open and, and accepting of what and embracing whatever kind of answers come and make the, and help the person that they're talking they're talking to to feel comfortable to say, well, actually, yes, I'm I'm a trans woman or I'm I'm bisexual or whatever it might be. Definitely. And or polyamorous. We, I have three, three or four partners who are going to come and take it in turns to visit, whatever, the, you know. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. And it's, in, it's interesting. We did it. We got one really. We to give one of the swallows who made a summer at one at a training session. This person said she was a former emergency ward paramedic and she said she knew how to get information out of people quickly and sensitively. Now, so it is a skill set that's there when you think about it. We mm. can do it. We've just, it's like any skill, it's adaptable. So it's not impossible, but it also is, comes down once again to this issue of <clears throat> sex negativity. And yeah. as our dear friend Anne Hunt said once, you know, we're in a society that's sex-obsessed but sex-negative, that wonderful dysfunctional combination. Um, <clears throat> and we need to move to a more sex-positive um, um, scenario and a more and paradigm. How do you think, what are your thoughts on, you know, what we need to do to do that, I suppose, whether it's for seniors or any age? Uh, it's about making sure the conversations keep happening mm. and the conversations are happening in a way that are sex positive and if they're sex negative conversations, that they get transformed. I have great belief in the value of community arts and the way mm -hmm. um, stories and plays and films represent situations have a big influence. I've got this big anti kind of Hollywood, anti Disney um, thing because of how they depict the very heteronormative gender bi binary yes. stereotypes um, that come through those stories. But there are other stories that come through and a way to, yeah, the way to change to, like just us talking here today is part of having that change. Advocacy can take all sorts of different forms. Well, definitely. Lots lots of forms to, to take. Um and so we'll come back and continue our chat um, with um, Linda Kirkman after we hear from Russell Morris about how some relationships can be long-lasting and you stay with you. 3CR, 855am, digital, 3cr.org.au. Out of the pan with Sally and guest Linda Kirkman. From every corner of the land, womankind arise! Women on the Line, a current affairs program devoted to women's voices, covering a diversity of women's interests and hearing women's perspectives on current affairs. Erosion of human rights leads directly and inevitably to erosion of human security. We do not accept the denial of our rights because the right to have a say over our country is our life. Women on the Line. Tune in on Mondays at 8.30am and Wednesdays at 6am on 3CR Community Radio, 8.55am. And streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email Info at by alliance.org. 
as we are in the month of Celebrate Bisexuality Day, which is September 23rd. A reminder, of course, that the um, Bi Discussion Group this month on the 22nd will be a big dinner to celebrate Bisexuality Day. The next day we'll get the ball rolling a bit early and start tweeting around the world. We just heard from Russell Morris from A Thousand Sons in 1990 and Stay With You, which many people do, into um, later age. But... um, Talking um, later age and sexuality tomorrow night is my guest Linda Kirkman, with, and you'll be talking about it with Joan Price at Hairs and Hyenas, the um, queer and sex positive central bookshop in Fitzroy tomorrow night. Yes, indeed. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be really good fun, I reckon, we're, because we're going to, what we're going to do is we'll sort of talk with one another about our respective fields, which overlap and, but in, and intersect. And um, and then we were going to get people to ask us questions, so whatever they like. And we've got prizes for people who ask questions. Oh, oh yeah, I know. So I think uh, passion fruit is the oh, women, cool is is supplying some condoms and lubes and discount vouchers and things to hand out. So there's even incentives for people to speak up and ask that burning question that they want to know the answer to, or think that someone else might want to know the answer to. Well, well, this is the thing. We we're just discussing this a bit off air. There's, you know, there's. There is, in the sense, no dumb questions. And in particular, mm. I think, um, you know, it still seems there is so little sex-positive education, particularly in schools. So those who are over 50, those who are 41 days away, <coughs> coughs, um, <laughs> you know, who didn't get it, really didn't get any. It's interesting, so many people of my area got that um, book with the orange cover and the, cis, the, cis, the silhouette of the cisgender male and female holding hands together on how to make babies, and that was our sex education. There's lots of questions to ask. I still have it at home. I'll, I'll scan it or something. <laughs> anyway, I've kept it as a bad souvenir. I probably should burn it. But anyway, um, you know, the thing is there are lots of questions to ask, and, of course, Hairs and Hyenas is a safe place to ask them, and mm. I managed to get in to see Barbara Carellis there on Thursday oh, night. Oh, awesome. And so for those familiar with a sort of Hairs panel type of format, it is much along the lines of what you said. And there was some great discussion at that um, on that, um, you know, sort of on that um, event. So, um, you know, Hairs is a is a good place to ask um, all those sorts of questions without without question. <laughs> yeah, and you're right. We just we don't have chances to talk about it. Um, you know, and we need to keep setting up more safe spaces. I mean, Hairs is one, but. And, of course, the Fab Cindy Darnell ran yes. Pleasure Forum Australia, as it was later called, for four years. But um, we need more. And the School of Life Melbourne had Cindy Gallup out to talk about sex and sex in the real world. And I think the School of Life Melbourne is having some other ed- sex-positive sex education for adults as well as part of as part of following on from that theme, which is great. The School of Life, L-I-F-E, is it? Yes. Okay. Yep. Oh, I'll have to. That's that's the kind of school I'd, I think I'd like, to, <laughs> yeah. like to go to or have gone to or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're getting these you know, snippets in there, um, which is, I think, good um, and it's very, very welcome. And don't forget La Trobe University, particularly with the um, oh, yeah. Australian Research Centre in Sex, Health and Society, has done some fantastic research into mm. all kinds of sexuality diversity stuff. Very true, yes. Yeah, so... Um, and what, just very quickly, um, when you're not, um, well, speaking at conferences, speaking, um, running sort of workshoppy panel type of things, all that sort of stuff, um, how would you describe yourself? Um, just um, so people know where that's oh, you're coming from overall. Oh, oh. I've been a sex educator for um, about over th- about 30 years 
and 12 years in secondary schools. And I've been teaching at um, La Trobe Uni in Bendigo for 12 years, 13 years. Um, not always necessarily specifically sexuality stuff, so women's health, gender stuff, public health. And I, if there's ever an opportunity to give an example for something that I can twist around to talking about sexuality, I do. Um, I have a small business as a sex educator. Mm-hmm. LindaKirkman.org is my website, and um, I'm weddings, parties, bar mitzvahs. <laughs> one, one of the things I love talking about that's a fairly uh, is is for adults and talking to kids about sex because I think you need to. Those attitudes mm. and values uh, are impressed on kids, baby, babies from a really young age, and how you how you talk about people, yeah, and, how you, and, w- and whether you leave the channel of communication open with between adults and children, uh, rather. So, so, even if people say the right words, but their body language or the energy is ah oh, freak out, then that that doesn't leave the channel open. It's about getting comfortable talking about it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, and I think I think this is the thing, you know, getting that shift going as much as we can, definitely. Mm. Um, very, very true. All right, Linda, well, thank you for coming in. We'd better start wrapping it up. Um, so tomorrow night, Hairs and Hyenas, yes. 7, 7 till 9 p.m., and yep. it's trybooking.com forward slash in, in. I love that code, in, in. How could you not forget that one? In, in. So trybooking.com, in, yep. in. And if you're on Facebook, there is an event yeah. Um for it, um, sex over fifty dot, um, sorry, sex over fifty colon Joan Price and Linda Kirkman. Of course, you can access it by Hairs and Hyenas website if mm. you're not on Facebook. Um, well, keep let's keep talking, um, but we can't. <laughs> we just can't do it today because we're we're um, out of time. Um, so thank you to my guests today. Um, Linda Kirkman for coming in. Thank you, Sally, um, for inviting me. I'm honoured to be here. Oh, look, it's a pleasure. And well, you weren't a woman on the line, but um, you're a woman on in the studio, which in is the pan. Very, in the pan, um, in a consensual, safe way, of course. <laughs> um, and of course, thanks to Ma Newell, a very busy person, the director of Gaby Baby, who we chatted with earlier as well. Um, a packed program. Um, next couple of weeks, I've got a couple of pre-records, one um, that will be cooked very shortly, um, the other um, over the next week um, of some panels I was on because I've got some events on myself, um, but um, all new materials, so tune in. Um, coming up next, Freedom of Species, take it out today um, with Colin Hay and um, a fantastic track from the Man at Work album of 2003. See, I've tried to catch myself up to date after all that 90s stuff and go into the next decade. Who knows, next week we'll play something from 2015. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.